fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? You know, we have a really good show today. Something's been going on in our country, and it, it's just, it's unconscionable at this point. We have to call it what it is. We're seeing mass threats, mass coercion to get people to take something that they don't want to take. It's wrong. It's simply, it's just wrong. We've seen it affect employees. We've seen it affect our brave men and women in our armed services And we are now seeing it affect parents dramatically as well. And it's something we have to do a lot about quickly. So one of the things that we've been getting the sense of is a lot of parents are feeling alone. And so I'm bringing on Penelope Sullivan from the Children's Health Defense California to share with parents, especially, that you're not alone and there's a lot you can do about it. We're going to show you how to get those religious exemptions not only submitted, but recognized. That's the key, right? So we got a lot of great information in the next segment. We're going to take a short break, but before we go there, I want to invite everybody to check out covidcon21.com. That's covidcon21.com and join us for a historic event where you can be part of the solution. So after this short break, we'll come right back with a really fantastic segment with Penelope Sullivan. You're going to really want to listen to this, parents. There's a lot of information in there and some great ideas, some great resources as well for you to hold that line for your children. We'll be right back. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America Out Loud Talk Radio, this is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy, and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD, for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
And joining me today, uh, I have a very, very special guest, Penelope Sullivan, who volunteers with Children's Health Defense California. Yay! Uh, as a lead email respondent uh, to parents uh, who are writing in on all COVID-related matters, especially these mandates, right? Uh, so uh, she has her fingers definitely on the pulse of the struggles that parents uh, are going through uh, as they're trying to navigate these uncertain times and protect their family's rights uh, to decide what's best for the children. I can't believe that this is even a conversation for us, right? That, um, you know, this it's been insane over the last year, right? When you, you see the number of places that are coercing children under 18 to say, hey, don't worry about telling mommy and daddy about this. Just come in and get the shot. I mean, it's it's predatory, right? It's the same thing we would, we would warn our children about going to the ice cream truck, if you can remember those days, right? That be weary of someone who's not your parents telling you to take something or go somewhere. But here we are in this very, very strange land where this is somehow acceptable that a child would know more about their health than their parent, even though the parent would have to deal with any adverse events that comes from it, including, we know on the warding labels, death. That's just not right. Uh, so uh, Penelope uh, is also doing some amazing work with uh, Children's Health Defense uh, to bring really highly qualified medical professionals as expert educators, you know, for legal teams and uh, that are really working and strategizing to put together well-constructed arguments. Uh, so uh, this is to say she's working along with Children's Health Defense on behalf of all Americans. Doesn't matter where you stand on the issue of inoculations. It matters where you stand on the issues of freedom and protecting those freedoms. So it's really an honor and a pleasure to have uh, Penelope on today. And, and to know, I think for me, it's just hugely reassuring to know that there are so many people out there doing the right thing, volunteering their time and their efforts, their heart energy uh, to do the right things. And it's just such an honor to be alongside them uh, in, this, uh, in this march towards freedom. Uh, the redeclaration of independence, if you will. Uh, so uh, the goal in her work with legal teams is always to make sure every legal team has a clear understanding of the unbiased science, the accurate data that is available, the truth that's hiding in plain sight, uh, which is often sadly in stark contrast to the fraudulent, incomplete, and misleading data. It's funny how they accuse us that, right? Oh, you're being misleading, Dr. H. Really? Where? I can't say where, but I know you are, right? That kind of nonsense. Um, you know, uh, being portrayed in the mainstream media. You know, I tell people when they're like, well, why should I believe you and, and not the mainstream media? Well, um, two reasons. One, I'm not funded. <laughs> there is no conflict of interest financially. Uh, number two, I'm using their actual data from the CDC and to show you what's going on. But number three, if you want to know who's controlling the narrative, all you have to do is watch the commercials because the commercials are what pay the bills for all the mainstream media. That should help you wake up a little bit right there. So Penelope, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Hi, Dr. H. It's great. It's really wonderful to be here with you. All right. Well, we're really excited to have you. And this is such a heart issue for all of us, right? You know, especially parents. I mean, uh, some of us are really fortunate to have children in different stages of life and to work in at jobs like, uh, you know, we're entrepreneurs and we have a certain level of, of buffer right now. 
you know, that we want to make sure we maintain and expand back, right? I want to get it back to, <laughs> to people being able to go into a store without wearing a mask or needing a phone on their hip to show, oh my God, I've received this, right? I got, I, I took the experimental shot, right? Yeah, that's all it's telling, that's all it's saying. Um, that don't work. Um, uh, can I say that? Oh my God, can I say that? Can I dare have a different opinion? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can back up my opinion. So anybody that wants to debate with me, let's go. Um, so uh, it's just, you know, wonderful the work you're doing. I'm so appreciative of you and, and everything you're doing to, to help parents because this is a, a scary time. So what are you seeing happening with parents right now in California? And, and what are some of the biggest concerns that you are reading as they write in? Right. And you touched upon some of them with your intro and we see things on a, a macro level with these mandates coming down the pike. And I don't know, it, across the board within the world and within the United States, around 2015, very overtly, our rights started diminishing rapidly. In California, we saw that with something called SB 277, which took away our, our personal belief exemption. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, that tightened down even more, and they made it so only doctors and osteopaths could write an exemption. They no longer could have their doctor-patient relationship and just give you a simple form. They now have to go through a state board mm-hmm. and fill out an electronic form, which is then reviewed and can be denied at that point. Mm-hmm. And if they write more than five exemptions, so imagine being in LA and only being able to write five. And if you write over five, you're actually highly scrutinized. Mm -hmm. And so now with COVID, right, it's been that on steroids where we're starting to see LAUSD, Santa Barbara, Unified, Culver City, they're starting to quote unquote mandate Mm -hmm. the COVID vaccination. Mm -hmm. You know, and the parents are all, we have this deluge of parents coming forward and saying, what can we do Mm -hmm. on the micro level? We see a lot of coercion and things like you'll get a 100 teachers in the classroom saying you will get a $100 gift card. If you vaccinate, Mm -hmm. I'm saying that if you don't vaccinate, you're going to be killing people. Mm -hmm. I have parents sending in forms to college um, admittance and saying, I know that if I do not take this vaccination, I might kill my peers. And so we're talking about severe level coercion. This is, uh, this is psychological warfare. I mean, this is, you're priming someone to believe something that is just simply not true, that there is no statistical proof and there's no empirical evidence to, to show the thing that has always blown me away about that Penelope, that kind of stuff is how can you pinpoint where an infection originated from. If there are exposures throughout the community rampant, you might have an idea, like, as we know that, you know, over 75% of transmissions occur in the home, we know that the the person you're most likely to contract any um, infection from is somebody you live with. We know this, but we haven't seen anything showing that, you know, schools have had to be shut down after reopening uh, that there's been any super spreader, so quote that scary super spreader events or anything like that. We don't have any data to substantiate any of this. But what they're saying is, and, and this every day, it more and more looks like the 
religion of vaccinology on full display. And that if you say anything against it, you're a heretic. And, you know, it's like, we're back in some new wave form of the, of the Spanish inquisition, you know, historically, you know, where it's like, what are you going to start doing? Putting people on the rack and, and tightening the screws down on them. If they just simply say, I I'm healthy, <laughs> I don't need this. It's crazy. Yeah. There are so many factors with that. And what I want people to really deeply get is when you look at these tests, I've looked at both the insert for the antigen test, as well mm-hmm. as the PCR test. Mm-hmm. They both clearly state on the insert, this test does not distinguish between SARS-CoV-1, SARS-CoV-2, or other, and they say co-infection or presence of viral or bacterial presence. Mm -hmm. And so if you imagine, I looked up how many viruses are around us, there were hundreds of trillions of viruses within us and around us. And aren't we more bacteria than almost anything? So to use a test of this nature, and because of that, right, we're seeing all these kids, um, they're sending out all these alarming headlines. Now children, um, their numbers are increasing with this really contagious Delta variant. And I just want to say these kids are healthy. You know, like you said, we saw it in Scandinavia, the Scandinavian countries we saw in North Carolina. You just do not see this asymptomatic transmission. Kids are healthy. They might or might not be testing positive, but they're still completely healthy. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it's, it's, it flies in the face of, of just really morality at this point to use a test to do something it's not designed to do. The PCRs, we know, were never designed to be able to determine whether or not someone was infectious, but because they're using it, it allowed them to create up this incredible lie that uh, asymptomatic transmission is not only real, but that it's a driver of the infective spread. And the question has to be asked, well, how many of these tests that are coming back positive are are actually true positives and versus how many of them are false positives? We can't analyze that data because they won't release the cycle threshold values for anybody who's testing positive, even though elected officials have requested that information, we still can't get that. That should be just public, you know, record public access, but it's, it's not. And that tells you that they know that that's a flawed test. We've always in medicine drawn the blood to determine infectiousness. We have somebody, number one, who's symptomatic, and then what we do is we draw their blood. We check for viral loads in this case, which there are EUA approved tests that can do this. And then we check for antibodies and antibodies, IgM and IgG, tell us where somebody is in their development of natural adaptive immunity. It blows me away how many people have been misled to believe that you can confer immunity through an injection. You can't. Immunity is something that develops within. And that's where, so I like where you're going with this because one of the things I've been actually advising people to do is say, you're going to have an incredibly strong legal argument. If you know that you've recovered and you can prove that you have IgG antibodies, and if you take that extra, extra step and can confirm that you have T, cell that's, T cells that are primed, you are proving to the people that are saying you're a threat that you are not. You're proving to the people that you already have established immunity and that any experimental inoculation, because these are still in clinical trial people, any experimental inoculation is all risk, no benefit. And that's something where I can't wait till we finally get to a case where 
we have a great legal team that is is championing that with folks. We saw the Todd Zawicki from uh, George Mason Mason University. That was his argument, and it was successful. He successfully argued that I I can't become more immune. I'm already immune, and here's the proof. And I think we're we're going to have to really hold the line as a as a people on that. You know that we have to immunity can come from a, in a variety of ways, and especially from recovery from infection. There should be no, there should be, it should be a no discussion, in my opinion. For anybody who can prove that they're already immune, leave them alone, let them get on with their lives. And I think this is what's happening in Finland. I think this is what's happened already in Sweden. I think this is what's happening in Denmark. Just found out this morning, Japan said, yes, we're, we're, we're done. We're gonna start gradually easing back. Folks, the people, the countries that are actually following the science and understand that this is never going to go away are making sound decisions. Isn't it shocking that there are countries that have more freedom than supposedly the freest country in the world? That should, that should be waking you up a little bit. So let me ask, a, let me ask a, 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 another question because I really want to hone in on this. So with the parents that are, are writing into you right now, um, what, uh, what are they really concerned about? Um, and, and what's the kind of effect for parents and for children, especially too, you know, uh, what can you share with us about the opportunities that might exist for parents to apply peaceful pressure? We're all about peaceful pressure and what success stories can you share? That's, that's a, it's about four questions, usually more than I like to give, but go ahead and, and take it, take it off from there. Okay. So right now, first, I think before you can be effective at all, you do need to take somewhat of a deep breath, right? And feel mm. coming from this grounded place. Mm. And going off of what you said, as far as immunity, there has been this big push to eradicate disease. And I want to go back and say, actually, is disease is sickness always bad, right? This mm. is how we're becoming more robust. And this is how we're developing through exposure. And and just simply being quote unquote sick, that's how these are the training wheels in some ways to future more virulent things. And so when you have that understanding and then you can more move forward, then you can do things like um, we have for the college age students, we have religious exemptions that they can do. And unfortunately for the younger children, we cannot do the religious exemptions, but the college kids, because of anti-discrimination laws, we do have the religious exemptions. Now, mm -hmm. some religious exemptions we see with the employees being denied. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying is, you know, we've had some that have been resubmitted up to four times. And on that fourth time, they actually are, they go through. And mm, that's a very, that's you know, very interesting. Yeah. So this is not for something like, okay, no, it's denied, then you cave. This is like, no you realize that this is your inherent right to bodily autonomy and you stick with that and you continue to push back and you say, may I ask, why is this denied? And then right. you resubmit that. Right. And strong. Right. Okay? Now, when we get into the younger children, we can do a couple of things. Schools have no legal right to mandate these shots. Amen. Okay. And so basically what we see is that with SB 277 in the case of California, it clearly stated that the California Department of Health could in fact 
add a new vaccine onto the schedule, but only if they had not only a medical exemption, but a personal exemption. Mm-hmm. It's crucial that people realize a mandate is not mandatory. And Good. almost always there is some type of exemption in there. Mm-hmm. Now, in the case of all of these things, masking, um, the testing and the vaccination, those, as you mentioned, are all EUA. They're all under emergency use authorization. Now, there are laws that state anything under EUA cannot be coerced or forced. Agreed. Okay. 45, 45 CFR 46 is clear on this. So is uh, uh, 21360 BBB. They're very clear on these on these points. Yeah. So you have to have some type of reasonable accommodation. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, is that people are just sort of doing whatever they want. And so we see differences in how people are responding to these things. And in some cases, the laws are being completely denied and just overlooked and not followed. Right. In other cases, as far as a success story, I have seen multiple children get a religious exemption into school mm-hmm. Good. Okay, that has been successful. I have seen, I was talking to a mother yesterday. She was able to, her child, one of 30,000 mm-hmm. did not have to wear a mask or a face shield and did mm-hmm. not have to go through testing. Mm-hmm. But this is because she was a mother that was not going to accept anything else. And, right she, on. and her daughter was not going to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's a big thing. A lot of this, we have to realize that it's we, the people, to mm-hmm. a large degree, that are creating this narrative and continuing it, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to, it's it's working with our ego to stand up and be uncomfortable. But we don't, mm. many of us don't want to create tension, right? We want right. to go along with the flow. We want harmony. And so it's us getting a little uncomfortable and saying, no, I do not want to do this and being willing to stand behind that. I, I fully agree with you. You know, this, this ends when we say no, you know, when we say that's enough, this is the end of it. Asking a bully to stop beating you is one of the most foolish strategies that you can employ. You have to stand up to a bully. We've, we've learned this lesson when we were in school ourselves, you know, this is a great life lessons. And right now the people in uh, elected uh, positions and the people who've been appointed by them are being bullies right now. If we can just, just call it what it is. Um, I think I saw a disturbing video yesterday from the new governor from New York, uh, New York State, who was it. It basically just extolling the church of vaccinology and saying, this is a gift from God. My, are you kidding me? Uh, and that uh, I need you to be my apostles. So what are you creating a new gospel? I mean, that's that's blasphemy right there. You know, I was very appalled to see that the Catholic church was inviting Chelsea Clinton and somebody from Pfizer to speak, you know, uh, at, at an upcoming event, uh, green Sunday or something like that. I mean, you know, you start seeing this, you go, wait a minute, what is, what is going on? This is folks. I, I keep coming back to the simplicity of things, right? If you're under 65, regardless of your state of health, you have a 99.6% chance of recovery. If you're under 18, it's 99.998%. This is from the CDC. We are, we are turning over the apple cart and squashing all the apples by foot so that we can have a gain of benefit in children of 0.002%. Are you kidding me? That doesn't make any logical sense. 
And when we get into this, this story with parents, we're, they, it's, it's like they know that most parents really rely on school and their children being in school so they can go to work, right? They, and so now you have this coercion. Your kid has to do this or you're going to have to take alternate measures. Well, fortunately, some parents like me, I pulled my son out of the public school system this year. I was like, that's it. Maybe if some sanity starts coming back in next year, we'll consider it. But <clears throat> excuse me. Now, no. Are you kidding me? I'm not putting my son into a concentration camp. That's what they are for a couple hours. Six feet of distancing, put on your mask. And I'm going to tell you about vaccinations every single in every single class, you know, and get out, get out. What are you doing? No. You're, and, and you're going to set up vaccine clinics so kids can get inoculated without their parents' cons- awareness, consent, permission. Get out. This is ridiculous. This is unconscionable. So um, what that takes us to really is this, this elephant in the room, you know, um, you know, a little bit more, what, what can parents do? Cause I, I, what you said, Hey, they denied it once submit it again. They denied it twice, submit it again. They deny it 99 times, submit it again. I love that approach, right? No, I'm going to make this happen. We put together 15 questions on the covidcon21.com website for informed consent. We've seen that working like a charm. We've actually seen people getting their religious exemptions approved before they submit them, okay, by asking those questions. All right. So I think there's some process there. I think there's opportunities for parents to go, you know what? We're done. We're pulling out. I got to tell you, I'm homeschooling and loving it right now. My son is loving it right now. He's actually, as a, as a teenager, instead of he would have been in uh, 10th grade this year, he's actually enrolled at a community college right now, taking classes uh, with, uh, at, a, at a collegiate level right now, right? You don't have to, there's, it's better, folks. There's, uh, there's more out there. So if you can do it, do it. But with the elephant in the room, what can parents do, all right? What can parents do about all of this unconstitutional, immoral, and really, frankly, unnecessary mandates? What, what are, advice are you giving? And, and what do you think um, there might be some potential for uh, as we move forward in this uncharted, through these uncharted waters? You know, what you said just reminded me of something. So my son, back in October of last year, was told that his medical exemption would be revoked. In California, we had 186 pages of Mm -hmm. doctors that have been disciplined. And all of the patients' exemptions were revoked. And, And I was, you know, they were wrong on three different counts, which I was aware of. But nobody else, you know, probably the average parent would not be aware of those points Mm -hmm. with grandfathering clauses. But anyways, I was talking to a friend and he said, why are you working so hard to keep your son in a system that is not serving him? Amen. You know, and so I think we have to really not limit our imagination because I will say that they are offering breadcrumbs of normalcy. (laughs) and dangling them, right? They're Mm -hmm. saying, okay, just come back to school. And what they did is they had children come back to school. And it was only then that they then decided to start testing and talk about the vaccine mandate. So they gave them this getting back to school in person, right? So they could feel what it was like to be with their friends. And then they said, to be here, you have to be vaccinated. 
and right. he's downright evil. And so it's like I, a Hansel and Gretel story. I, I'm getting this kind of Hansel and Gretel weird, you know, mother goose kind of you know story. Like, hey, be wary of this, right? Exactly. And so, but what I want to say is, okay, we live, I live in Nevada County, California, mm-hmm. in one of the least vaccinated counties of California. Mm-hmm. And side note, there is a Waldorf school here that's about 50% vaccinated, mm-hmm. 53% vaccinated. One time a few years ago, one child had the measles. Not a single other child got the measles in wow. the least vaccinated school and the least vaccinated county. They were a little sick, a little annoyed, and it all went away. And now they have lifelong immunity. Lifelong but, immunity. But coming back to that school, they for you know decades had beautiful festivals. They mm-hmm. just had their fall festival mm-hmm. masked and no parents allowed on campus. Oh. Okay. I want to compare that to we had an, uh, were over 100, almost 150 kids pulled mm-hmm. out of the system. Mm-hmm. These parents came together to create a new learning collective. Wonderful. Enrichment. So we're all sort of separated, but we come together for festivals, mm-hmm. completely normal. Mm-hmm. So we had a Mayfair with 350 beautiful, shining people mm-hmm. frolicking out around a maypole, like having a beautiful picnic and celebrating life. And so, and you could see everybody's face. You could see everybody's face. So when somebody smiled, you could smile back and it didn't yeah. feel like this weird, oh, oh, and you weren't scared about being within six feet, you know, cause I mean, at five foot 11, it gets dangerous, right? I'm going to start crying almost. We had a prom and this was when other children in New Hampshire were being literally marked with Sharpies if they are unvaccinated at their prom. We had a prom. I was saying my son danced so much, the heels of his shoes came off. Nice. But these children were so happy. And so what I'm saying to the parents is we need to find ways to live. We need to get team sports going. We need to have family game nights. We need, we must, it is absolutely critical to get these kids together and have them live life. And if there's another lockdown, we have to keep on living life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I was thinking last night we went, my son and I went to the, uh, to the park, uh, last night. Um, you know, that's the one challenge for most people doing homeschooling is the socialization, the networking, right. Keeping, keeping kids plugged in. Uh, and, uh, we went there and it dawned on me, I was watching all these teams practice soccer, you know, uh, from various ages. I was like, I don't need to go to a pro sports game. If I want to do something, I can just come out to the park. And stand out here and watch, you know, nobody's going to care if I, if I want to play, I can, I can play out, you know, it's like, we, we just have to, like, I think you said earlier, so well, this ends when we say no, you know, I, I think that's the most important thing to remember that we, and this, this is what we do on all the work uh, that I'm doing. I, I want to help people tap into the power that they already possess. Most people just don't know how much power that they truly have. And what's exciting is that. I think we're learning more and more every day. We're not alone. We're not alone. I was so concerned, so worried that this whole year it was going to be alone, that I was going to be like just this conspiracy nut job, you know, who had put together all this information and trying to like say, you know, oh, Coke is better than Pepsi, you know, or something, you know, whatever. Right. And they're like, this guy, what is he talking about? But what I hear more and more from people is, is they're done. Um, really done. They've been done for a long time. 
And they've moved from being done to what can I do? Because this, they realize I, this isn't going away unless I do something about it. So it's really activating Americans in the millions right now. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this, this entire movement. It's like every generation, there's a challenge. We're going to rise and meet this challenge now. And we're going to do it for our kids, you know, and we're going to do it for their kids. And we're going to make sure that everyone who's born is born into freedom in this country, at least, right? So, um, you know, it sounds like there's some solutions working. I love hearing about the prom and the, the images of hanging out around a tree and kids dancing and playing and music. Oh, heaven forbid we sing again. It's like these people, they want to suck all the joy out of the world. You know, it's, it's, I feel like I'm in a Harry Potter novel right now, you know, and you could just feel all the joy sucked out of the world, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you're not, stop being a dementor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Stop, stop it. Right. You know, expect her patronum, you know, whatever, you know, get out of here. Right. So um, how are you and, and CHD California really working what, you know, to bring parents together? What's, are there new things? Are there new projects? Are there ways for people to get plugged in? What, what do you got for folks? What do you got, especially yeah. parents? We are so excited. And I, I do want to say for those, so the what, those in the colleges, they really need to send in those religious exemptions and not back down. Mm-hmm. For the people in the K through 12, you can go to, and it's important to go to the California Children's Health Defense, because we in particular have this resource tab, and there's a cease and desist letter, which you wow. can send to your school, and it very clearly lays out um, everything that I was talking about with the schools don't, do not have the right to mandate a shot. Right. And it tells you things that you can do about submitting a personal belief exemption and things of that nature. Will, will you send me that link? I want to make sure that everybody can get it on the show. Yes. Those resources. And I'm going to add it to the covidcon21.com uh, website. I don't know why I keep saying dot com. Covidcon21. www.covid. Why do you say that? Right. It's like, come on, dude, wake up. This isn't 2002 anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. We also have. Um, our big thing is networking with people. We do have, we are considering bringing on another lawsuit. So right now we mm-hmm. are gathering some interested parents that do want to sue. Um, but again, coming back to the idea, we are not asking the court systems for permission to live. Amen. We are not. Um, we are more than anything networking and bringing these. There are thousands and thousands of healthcare workers, there's thousands of parents and Mm -hmm. children. And so we're bringing together, there are teachers. So we're bringing together these different professions, these different individuals and creating groups because it's always stronger in numbers, right? Amen. So one, you've got to, it's a two foot process. I think it's like one foot is in saying no, and one is in saying yes. Mm -hmm. And so while you're saying no and going through the legal process and things of that nature, you're saying yes and creating these alternatives in my community. So we created a PMA, a private membership market, Mm -hmm. which it's actually no mask allowed. (laughs) Right on. Oh my God. I want to come shop there. (laughs) Can I I order online? Can you ship it to me? I want to support this. Oh my goodness. Yes. So that is Renegade Ranch. We also- Renegades, the <laughs> Renegades. You got to love it, right? That's how we're going to do it. We got to tap into that, that you know, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt badassedness <laughs> that lives within us, right? Yes, I'm an American. Yes, let's do this. Renegade Ranch. Okay, go for it. Yeah, what? That's what I 
one is really hit home too, because I have friends that are more like thinking that this is just going to go away or it's too daunting or too scary. And I want to say, you know what? Yeah, it's a little scary when you're in the in-between phase, but when you step into the other phase, you actually, I've lost about five friends. I've gained about 200. Amen. That's, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good ratio right there. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a dynamic energy that happens when you come together. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk to people and they say, I just want to keep my child being normal and being in life. And yet they're <laughs> masked every day. You know, my son, these children are so happy and they've mm-hmm. been it for the last year. We were just at a game night last night, mm-hmm. you know, around this. We've had a few rains here. So we had a little bit of a fire outside and we we're all talking around it and just mm-hmm. it was wonderful. So we also have COVID Times, which is a newspaper that mm-hmm. we created because mm-hmm. our union is censoring everything that we mm-hmm. put on there. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have Renette Sinan doing podcasts, inviting great people like you to come and get the word out. We have yeah, she's wonderful. We had, and she's running for governor. So yeah, yep. Let's yep. go. Let's go get them, Renette. That's right. Let's get some. Let's get some sanity. Let's get some he- heaven. Hey, can you imagine this? Having somebody in office that actually loves, that actually genuinely cares about everyone, whether you vote for them or not, that's the kind of people I want to see elected, right? I want to see the people who are like, you know what, I'm going to be unapologetically positive and I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to make sure that I'm never influenced by special interest money. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Sounds good to me. Yeah, exactly. And then we also did movies in the park, which was awesome. We had, yeah, we brought in different documentaries and different like COVID treatments. Like what about early treatments? And we had mm-hmm. these out in the park and being played. And Heresy, I tell you. Heresy, well, Penelope, how dare you bring in early treatments? Heresy. You know what happened? MailChimp shut us down my account, actually. Heresy. Because because. <laughs> Because we, who are not doctors, have don't have any training. We don't even know where our liver is. We're going to tell you that this is wrong. Why? Because this isn't what somebody else told us is when we believe this other person. I, I, it drives me crazy, Penelope, when I hear people say, I'm a scientist. And then the next thing that comes out of their mouth is, I believe. <laughs> if you are a scientist, you don't use the words, I believe. If you're a scientist, you say, here's the empirical evidence. This is what I can prove right? That's what makes you a scientist and not a priest. When I think you say like, what about that? Or you ask a question and that's what Larry Koblowski really hit home is we need more curiosity. You know, we need to go past the fact checking and, you know, this time period is calling us to make the time to dig a little deeper. And a really beautiful story that really impressed me was there was a man, a young man, he was a white supremacist. And there was a woman that was coming to speak that had had been a white supremacist and was changing her ways. And he said, you know, I'll go and listen to her. I probably will not change my mind, but I owe it to myself to listen to a different perspective. Amen. And he went and he changed. He completely changed his life and went back to loving people, all types, you know, all kinds of people. Isn't it? And, 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 and became happier too, right? I'm going to assume he became happier. Yeah. He became happier, but he had he took the chance to listen to a different opinion. That's right. right? Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I go through this with everybody, and we, we we have a few more minutes, so we're going to get in these last two questions here. We, we're timing this out beautifully. Thank you <laughs> with all this. So, 
when I, people ask me, you know, why am I doing this? And I say, number one, I'm doing this for every person who suffered because I want to be a part of the solutions that we can end the suffering, especially the collateral damage suffering, you know, uh, with this, I've seen too many children dramatically impacted. I've, I know too many families that where somebody had to die alone that shouldn't have had been had to die alone. If they had, if they died at all, Uh, I'm appalled that we're not treating people um, with compassion who are, who are sick that we're saying, go home. And if it gets worse, come back in. I mean, it's just, there's so many gross problems, you know, with everything. But one of the things that I constantly say to people is, you know, I, I, for me to be objective, and I think this is what your, your story really hit home was for me to be objective. I have to be willing to admit my own biases. I have to be willing to admit that, yes, I am biased against corporations. I've in my lifetime, I've seen them egregiously and criminally, you know, make money. So I'm biased in that way. Does that mean that all corporations are bad? No. And does it mean that that there will be situations where corporations actually do the right things? And I'll be like, yeah, there's, you know, there's evidence of it. You know, I think Dana White with UFC is a prime example of this, where he said, I'm not going to be mandating any of this to my fighters. They have a right to decide for themselves and I'm not going to follow this. It's like, yeah, you, you, thank you. I'm going to give you my money. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm not a UFC fan, but I just became one, you know? And I I think um, when we get into this, it it takes moral courage, you know, like you're saying, it takes that moral courage to say, I'm, I'm, I'm done. But once you get there, it gets liberating because you start seeing this whole other world that exists of people networking and coming together and saying, we're going to live our lives. You know, and everyone is welcome. I don't care if you're inoculated or not. I don't. I, that means nothing to me. What I care about is that we make decisions on sound logic, on verifiable data, on empirical evidence, and that we do so in a way that's compassionate at all times. That's what matters to me. And what we're seeing here with this coercion and these threats and all this stuff, this isn't compassionate in in the even in any sense of the word. Um, but I, I think it's important that we all admit our biases so that we can say, you know what, I want to go and listen to somebody who's saying something different than I'm saying, because maybe they're going to say something that I wasn't aware of. And being objective means that I have the right to change my mind in the presence of new information. And that's what your story alluded to. And then, and look at the benefit for doing that happiness, joy, all the weight of all the preconceived ideas off. And you get to see things anew. What? What? An, to me, what can be more American than that? You know. So this is fantastic. All right. So we're coming up. We're coming up against it. But let's get these two in really quick. The thing I, I really believe strongly is that, you know, happiness and logic and moral courage—they've all been under constant assault. I think we've been talking about that a little bit. But I want to bring hope, and you know, and I, I love the movie Hope Floats. You know, it just—it's it, always creates this happiness. You know, and Harry Connick Jr. and uh, and Sandra Bullock and everything. Great movie, right? Um, so hope—it's it, out there. What message of hope do you have for our audience today? I want to just our robustness to believe in our robustness and mm-hmm. to believe that we as human beings want healthy communities. We want vibrant communities. And Mm -hmm. to take that pause and to to listen to our neighbors, right? We have to come together as a community and to just, there are these treatments. There are so many treatments, 
I mean, even beyond ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, there's so many natural treatments that you do, Dr. H. Thank you so much. Mm, amen. And so knowing that we are strong and we've got this. Mm-hmm. And so to with that, to come together and to find solutions within our community and to use our imagination and to, I, I for one, you know, I do not want to live in a bubble. I want to we are all going to die, right? Mm -hmm. We are all going to die at some point. Mm -hmm. And I want to make the most of this beautiful life. And what I've gotten from the most of this is how important connection is, right? Mm -hmm. And so just to know that there are millions of people, go to Worldwide Demonstration, go to that website and check out and just watch that intro video and know that there are millions of people all around the world coming together with you. It's such an exciting time. And I know the, the mainstream media isn't going to cover it objectively. You won't, you won't find objectivity. You'll find biased and a, a refusal to admit bias <laughs> in the mainstream media. We've also been telling people, turn off your TV, yeah, dig deep, get, do your own research and know that you're not alone. You are not alone. That's the most exciting part of it. And you have the power to build your networks. You have the power to bring people together and say, hey, we're going to have game night every Thursday in, in my neighborhood. Everybody's welcome over. Bring the kids, bring people over. You have the ability to do these things. And I can tell you, once you take that first step into that new brave world, you are going to be forever grateful that you did. Because that's what those are the stories that we've heard all over the country over the last 20 months is that love finds a way. And that's what we're doing right now. We're finding a way for love to reemerge um, because um, it was getting its booty kicked for a little bit by these people. But you know, that's the thing about love. It always gets itself off the mat, you know, every and, single and time. It is really, really important. Just the last point I want to hit home is, so I'm, I'm 50 years old and mm-hmm. I grew up with the Brady Bunch. Me and too. on the Brady Bunch, Jan and Marsha, I think they both got the measles, right? Yep. Yep. And they were a little annoyed. They were a little sick, but they love staying home. They, they mm-hmm. made it through that. And there is this, I think this is really crucial. I think this is actually a huge point is because they've talked about, can we mandate vaccines? And they've said, well, for a vaccine, like for cancer, you should not be able to, but for a communicable disease, you should be able to. And the thing is though, is that we see the science that shows you get vaccinated and there are vaccine derived strains circulating. Actually, there was one study and it had 130 some cases of measles, 70 some were vaccine derived strains when genotyped. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Don't realize that going through the measles gives you cardiovascular protection. So these early childhood illnesses actually bolster your immunity when you know how to deal with them. And so more and more believing in our strength and ability and getting back to the roots of what builds health. And when you do that, it's actually, it's the nature, it's the time outside, mm-hmm. it's the wholesome food. It's all these beautiful things that give to your life. And I think when we get back to that roots of natural living, mm-hmm. we ourselves feel that vitality, right? And so this to me is this time period. It's a, a way on steroids, one way to deal with illness. It's saying vaccines are the way. And I am encouraging listeners 
to start learning about these natural living techniques. You're a wonderful example. You have a school, right? Um, and with that, I've talked with, I have my herbalist. I've worked with 27 years in this. People write in and they say, thank you so much. I've never felt better. That's right. You know, so that's the other thing. I just want to say, like, go deep with that and you're going to feel so much better and you're not going to be scared. We've got this. Amen. Amen. Yeah, the, the, the path that we're all going to be walking on for those of us that are about protecting freedom and, and, and conferring freedom onto future generations has already been walked. It's been walked many times. It's been walked by brave people throughout history. Um, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, I'm looking at a picture of him right on the side of my, my desk right now. And it's been done before. And what they've proven is that love prevails because love is the greatest energy. That's what we have. You know, it's, it's the thing that they can never figure out. It's the thing they can never um, solve because we were born to experience this. And it's such an ex incredible, exquisite feeling that once we've experienced it, we only want to share it and experience it more, you know? And I think that's, uh, that's what's coming to the forefront for me. So last little quick one. All right. So 30 seconds here. Um, what, what can we do to help? You know, I want, I want to help. I keep hearing this from everybody. What can I do to help? Uh, what, what can we do to help? And how do we, um, uh, everybody listening, how do we get connected with children's health defense and, and join this, uh, call to service for really something that's greater than ourselves. Okay, so if you're in California, I would specifically go to the California Children's Health Defense page. <clears throat> we also have chapters in Florida, in New York, in Illinois, in Europe and Canada. So if you're in these different places, and Oregon too, if you're in mm -hmm. these different places, you want to reach out to your own chapter uh, and then otherwise go to childrenshealthdefense.org for the, the national. And and then I would say, most importantly, get activated in your own community. Search mm -hmm. out for like-minded people. They're out there and, and start, creating, start creating life, really, ways to live. Amen. Think global, because what you do is going to have a global impact. Whether you do something profound in terms of taking back your freedom and protecting your freedom, or whether you do nothing and you're being complicit, you are having a global impact. But where is it going to be felt? Locally. And where you can make the biggest, quickest impact, obviously, is in the people that you that know you the best, and that's the people you live near. And I can promise you, some of those millions upon millions upon hundreds of millions of people out there that are activating right now, they live right next door. And maybe you didn't even know it. All right. Well, um, this is exciting. Um, I really love seeing the growth in the children's health defense. Um, it's you know what what RFK and everybody that's so um, lovingly centered around CHD is just beautiful. Um, uh, it's just been such a privilege working with Alex Mayer and Denise Young and uh, Mary Holland and some of these really great and yourself, Penelope, thank you for being here today. And, and just some of these wonderful people, folks. What I look for when I read research is really clear. First thing I do is I, most people will read an abstract, you know, and want to see the results and stuff like that. The first thing I do is I go down and I read the conflicts of interest statements and who funded the study. And if there's conflicts of interest, major ones, if there's funding that are clearly coming from special interest groups like vaccine manufacturers or vaccine pro-vaccine organizations, I know it's propaganda and I don't read the study. I mean, I'll still read the study so I know what they're saying, but I know that what, what that study is. That study was put together to prove a point, right? To make a point. 
Okay. Um, that's been my big concern with the capture that's going on in science. When I look at organizations and people who are in the field, that's my number one thing. What are they doing from a financial? Are there financial conflicts of interest? And I can tell you that with CHD, with uh, Green Med Info, with Dr. Mercola, uh, with all of these wonderful folks out there, yeah, they might be making some money so they can pay their bills. But the question that I always ask is, are their hearts in the right place? And that's the thing that we see across the board with all of these people. You have organizations that are bringing people together. You have organizations where people are volunteering like Penelope Sullivan to get involved and do their part, share their gifts with these organizations so that they can be shared with the world. And when you see that, to me, I say, that's the kind of people I want to be involved with. The people that are, have moral courage, the people who are about love, the people who have the integrity to do what's right in the face of adversity, because that's what defines us. That's what's going to set us free. That's what's best about being an American and really somebody throughout the world in whatever country you may be, somebody that sees the real big picture. This is about freedom and this is about humanity and how we express that. So it's just such an honor. Penelope, thank you so much for being here today. Great job uh, with this. Let's get this information out to everybody. And uh, folks, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. But um, wow, powerful stuff. And just hopefully what you take from this is that little bit of time you might want to take in the mirror, look yourself in the eye and go, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to join all these people out there and we're going to make history. We're going to build the world we want to live in rather than be enslaved in the world they're trying to create. All right. We'll be right back, folks. Thank you so much. Oh, there was a time when Americans could rely on the fourth estate. Well, in these challenging times, the media is both reckless and complicit. AmericaOutloud.com. Top analysis from leading experts, articles, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. All right. Thank you for joining us today on Energetic Health Radio. Hope you enjoyed the show and hope that what the show really gave you, especially if you're parents, is that ability to tap into the power you already possess. That's right. One of the best and most informative things that Penelope said, in my opinion, is that when they reject your religious exemption, this doesn't matter whether it's a school, employer, or even the military, when they reject your religious exemption, file it again. Keep filing it until they accept it. And one of the things we're going to put in the resources page on the podcast is an organization we just became aware of 
for United Solutions. Okay, they have some great resources for all of the religious exemption forms and how to notarize them and make them an official document. I love what they're doing. I think when you combine that with the informed consent questions that we've uh, shared on the covidcon21.com website, uh, you have a incredibly strong strategy to let these people who are overstepping themselves know that you mean business. Uh, I think another important point that we need to make is that parents, employees, citizens, our brave men and women in the armed forces, you are not alone. We are here fighting for you, fighting alongside you every single day. Make sure you plug into networks. Make sure you get around people who feel the same way about this. There is strength in numbers. So let's make sure we exert our strength peacefully. I'm Dr. Henry Ely. Um, next week, we hope to have on Dr. Judy Mikovits in a special segment uh, as well. Um, so looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, you know, we have a lot of work to do, folks, but this is work that we can do. This is soul level, God level work. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to be a part of it with you. May God shine his divine light down upon you, upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. We'll see you next week. One love, everybody. Peace.